Hi, I'm Mara Davis, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast. And this is a show where we talk about voting because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis, radio personality, MC, media maven, and now political enthusiast. Yeah, and I'm Jen Jordan. I'm a state senator. I'm a mother and apparently a suburban housewife now, according to the president. Just want to say thanks to so many of you who gave us feedback on our very first podcast, which we had last week. Was that weird for you, Jen? Did it feel weird? How did it How did it go down for you? Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, it's odd hearing yourself. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you hope people will like it, but you never know. You never know. I have some feedback that I got. I was so excited about the podcast and it did take us a minute to get it posted because you've got to get approved on Apple Podcasts and all the things that you have to go through and do. And then we just sort of soft launched and actually got listeners and listener feedback. And Jen, I got a message on Instagram and I would like to read it to you. Please do. And this is from Ansley Grantham. And Ansley, I want you to know you've inspired our topic for today. Hi, Mira. I listened to your podcast and really enjoyed it. Thanks, Ansley. Love listening <laughs> to the strong women in Georgia. At the end, you mentioned friending your enemies. I, I've grown up and still love Georgia, and I'm surrounded by friends and family members who are Republican and Trump supporters. Do you think Senator Jen could talk more about how to have those conversations with your friends and family who may think totally different than you? In the past, I've usually just kept quiet at family events when comments come up, but I want to learn how to say things that, one, don't cause World War III, and two, make them consider alternative viewpoints. Thanks. And I look forward to more podcasts. Have a great week. I'm so happy everyone flew here for the holidays. And I'm even more happy that they did it. They're impeaching Trump. Mom, come on. We said no politics tonight. I don't know what took them so long. Trump is a criminal. He violated the Constitution and there has to be consequences. Here we go. Well, they did it. They're impeaching Trump. Dad, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a disgrace. What crime did he even commit? Well, I guess the crime of being an alpha male who actually gets things done. Okay. <laughs> the Democrats lost the election, so now they're attempting a coup. All right, here we go. Great question from Ansley, Jen. Yeah, and I think it's something that everybody's dealing with. Um, you know, it's, it's one of these things since 2016 when Donald Trump was elected. You know, there was a real, uh, I'm not even quite sure uh, what to call it, but it's one of those things where people felt very strongly. And as we've said before with Donald Trump, either you love him or you hate him. And um, for us, the people who live in a red state or a purple state, obviously that means 50% of the people are going to love him and 50% of the people are going to hate him. And they tend to be members of our family. So that's hard. It's fa it's really hard when family members really be kind of come your frenemies in a way. I think it's such a great question because I have been faced with this a lot. And like, for example, I have a really, really close friend, like one of my closest friends. 
And she is a Trump supporter, or at least the last time we talked politics is probably about two years ago. And we had a, a very long lunch and talked about it and we agreed. And, you know, it'll, it would never come between our friendship. But I'm at the point now where I, I don't want to bring it up with her at all. And I, I, I feel like I'm avoiding getting together with her, even though it's been COVID and all that. And it's hard to see anybody, but it does make me nervous. But I do think that's a great question as far as how do you bring things up and try and see common ground? So do you think that could mean, Jen trying to find a topic that you agree on or maybe is if you if if you're somebody on the left can you take the position of hey you know what I, I, I there's something that Trump did that I like well I don't even know if you necessarily have to do that I think um, I think with everything if you're trying to find out what's really kind of motivating what people are doing or feeling um, or why they're taking a particular position that they're taking. Um, a lot of times we feel the same things, right? Um, we may come out on the other side with a different policy, or we may support one politician or the other, or one elected official or the other. Um, but in terms of where kind of the gut and, and where we are, there's a lot of commonality there. Um, and so if we try to find the commonality in terms of how we feel or what we're feeling, um, a lot of times we can avoid some of the stickier um, conversations or arguments um, with our family members. That was such a political answer, by the way. <laughs> well, it's political, but that's just it. That's what politics is, right? Politics is really about trying to talk to folks and get stuff done. So... Let's illustrate the point of talking because you can see something on somebody's social media and that's really, really hard. Like, here's a great example. When the Major League Baseball started back up and they had Black Lives Matter and I saw yet another dear, dear friend of mine put on his social media, I can't watch uh, as a lifelong Red Sox fan, I can't watch because of, of, of this ideology that I, I disagree with. And in my mind, I thought you're lying. Of course you're watching baseball. (laughs) If you're a sports fan, right? That's how you're saying you're not going to watch baseball. And secondly, I don't want to get so tribal Jen, where I suddenly say, I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. I don't, I want to find ways like, how do I extend it? Is when someone puts it out there on social, it's a conundrum, right? Well, it is, especially when it's, it's something that is obviously, I mean, there are certain things that around the edges we can disagree about, right? You know, is this right? Is this wrong? Was this the best policy or law? Um, But then there are some basic things about, what makes up each of us in terms of who we are. And I think that's where some of the, um, you know, the stuff that we're dealing with now around racial injustice, why that's been really, really hard. Um, Because some of the statements we're seeing on social media just aren't things you can kind of just turn a blind eye to. I mean, they really kind of reveal what people really think and who they really are. And sometimes that's hard when it's people that we like. It is really hard. Tell me a little bit about 
how it's been with your family members, knowing that you're a Democratic state senator and a lot of them, you growing up in South Georgia. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a in a place called Dodge County, and there's a reason why they say, you know, get the hell out of Dodge. Um but it's one, it's one of those things where all my relatives really still live, you know, south of Macon. Um, and it's difficult to have conversations around politics. So a lot of times what we've done is we just haven't talked about politics. But it's been particularly hard of late because the political really has been um, front and center in terms of some of the decisions people are making about their health. And so, for example, my mother, I mean, you want to talk about hitting every box when it comes to COVID in terms of vulnerability and, and the walking and talking person who should not get it. And the thing is, you just couldn't talk to her in terms of mama. Look, this is really bad. You need to wear a mask. You need to do this um, because because of her kind of allegiance in terms of Republicans, she supports the president. She supports the governor. Um, she listens to them and she takes her cues from them. And so, yeah. How do you say to her, mom, XYZ facts, information, I'm a state senator, I'm privy to information, I am in the middle of this uh, politically, it's my career, but she won't hear you out at all? I mean, she'll listen to me and, and she's every now and then she'll maybe take it more into consideration. Um, but I think if she thinks it's coming from a political place, then she shuts down. OK, so but if we're going to talk about her health and if it if it feels like it's coming from a place of love and caring, um, then she's more open to it. And so I think that that's probably around everything in terms of how we approach these conversations um, with our loved ones. Sometimes we don't need to have them, right? If it's, if, like I said, if it's about do I support the ACA or not, that may, that may not matter. Um, but the conversations that really impact the lives and the health of the people that we love, I mean, we're going to have to have them, but you can't just kind of start with tearing down, you know, the political party or the elected officials that they support. You know, you have to really make it about them. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I think the when we started talking about it and we, we say trying to find some common ground early on. I had a Twitter exchange just today with someone who disagreed with a, a viewpoint of mine. Now, instead of me, I, at first I just said, let's agree to disagree. And then he wasn't having it. I don't know who this person is. And then I noticed he had a Nigel Tufnell uh, spinal tap in his avatar. And I thought, that's my favorite movie. So maybe I can kind of sway him. Now, I may not change his mind, but I started dropping some lines from Spinal Tap. And he was just so appreciative to have the conversation. So I think uh, when we're looking at Ansley's question and we're looking at when you're going to be sitting down with your relatives, as we get closer, look, that election is right around the corner. It's important to find things. It's And it's tough because it is polarizing and fire breathing everywhere you go. It's tough. No, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, and because the COVID-19 uh, stuff and the decisions that our elected officials are making, um, 
it has become so political, like the mask mandate. Right. You know, whether you should do that or not. I mean, I think the reason that I've been kind of so outspoken about trying to push the governor to do it is because I know that that people that I love and people that live in South Georgia aren't wearing masks specifically because he hasn't mandated it. And it's one of those things for me where I am just desperate at this point because I know that there are going to be some people that die, that are going to get sick, that are going to be hospitalized. And if he would have done it, you know, that wouldn't happen. And that's when the political really does become personal. I can see that. It is hard. I mean, we had that. um, My in-laws live in St. Simons and going down to St. Simons, Georgia, it's a, a whole different vibe and attitude. They are respecting that, but it is and wearing masks and doing all the right things, but it is hard when you when you see leadership telling you one thing, and that's a it's very challenging to have a measured conversation. So I think I think we're both saying the same thing: is you have to find some common ground. But we are in this murky murky water of of you know our lives are at stake sometimes. Yeah, and look, this may just be a situation because I I can tell you this with respect to some of my family members. It's probably a good thing just not to talk until after November. (laughs) Well, with that being said, let's get to our next topic. Last episode, we talked about the Democratic National Convention, and we recognize that this is exhausting, that there were, I mean, eight nights of just nonstop political coverage. But we did want to cover a couple of things that were local, and Herschel Walker, a football player, former Bulldog, and go dogs. And uh, he has had a prominent voice for Georgia Republicans and a prominent voice for Donald Trump. Let's take a listen. I'm not an actor, a singer, or a politician. I'm Herschel Walker. Most of you know me as a football player, but I'm also a father, a man of faith, and a very good judge of character. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years, and I don't mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. I watched him as an owner of a professional football team. Right after he bought the team, he set out to learn. He learned about the history of the team, the players, the coaches, every detail. Then he used what he learned to make the team better. So Jen, Here's what's interesting. Walker has a relationship with Trump, as he spoke of. The part of it that's sort of odd for me is this this, uh, I'm not a celebrity angle. Um, I don't understand why people have to always go there. But the question is, do you think so? Especially when he is a celebrity. I mean, that's the, the very reason that we know him. I mean, he doesn't even live in Georgia. He lives in Texas. And yet he was the number one topic that everybody in the state of Georgia was talking about because he's so well known here with respect to his um, his college football career. So is that the same as if, if they trot out a Billie Eilish uh, for the a Democrat convention, they're trying to, you know, hone in on on a section of voters where Herschel Walker is is doing the same thing. But why 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 don't they just own that? Well, because I think they're trying to differentiate themselves. But 
that's that's the only thing in terms of the the Republican National Convention that was kind of odd to me is that they would do one thing but then say another. There was a lot of dissonance in terms of of some of the stuff that they were saying, but then you know when you actually look at the policies that Republicans are pushing, they're completely different. So I think it's just more they're trying to create this whole idea that you know they just have regular people. Um, and and those are the folks that they're they're inviting up there to you know give presentations. But you know I don't think anybody thinks that Herschel Walker is just your run of the mill regular Joe coming off the streets. Do you think someone like him moves the needle though for somebody who's undecided? And they they say, okay, well you know what I love Georgia football, so therefore I'm going for it. You know I don't I don't think no I don't. I mean look. <laughs> You can have some huge UGA fans, believe me, and I and I love some UGA football, um, but I'm not going to take my political cues from Herschel Walker. Um, I will say this, though. I think the whole point of having him up there is that he is a beloved figure in sports, and his story is an inspirational story. So it's one of those things where if I'm Donald Trump, I want to be associated with that, and I want somebody like Herschel Walker saying really good things about me. Um, And really kind of what he said was, you know, Donald Trump can't be a racist um, because he's been friends with me and I would never, I would never be friends with a racist. So that seemed to be his singular role, but, but really it had nothing to do with talking to the suburban women um, of Atlanta. I can tell you that. Right. We also had uh, Vernon Jones, Interesting choice. Who is not very popular in either party. And definitely attached to some scandal. Yes. Ish. Ish. No, I'm saying this Jen isn't, but anytime there's a there's something with the threesome, I uh, uh, have suddenly become more interested. We are going to have a future episode on Jerry Falwell Jr., by the way, because that's one of my favorites. But I don't know what Vernon was doing. I think there were some allegations. Let's just say that. But we had him there, but why didn't we have uh, Doug Collins, Leffler, Purdue uh, at the convention? I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of interesting to pick Vernon Jones of all people. Um, I mean, he, it is kind to say that he is ethically challenged. Um, And, you know, just to bring everybody kind of up to speed in terms of what's going on with him, he was the DeKalb County CEO for a while and and had a very controversial kind of run um, and was not liked by Republicans or Democrats again, um, and then managed to get elected to the Georgia House where he was just disqualified recently because he didn't even live in the district. And so it was one of those things that once he was disqualified and got kind of pulled out of that race, all of a sudden um, he was really mad with the Democratic Party and he decided that he was going to kind of throw his lot in with uh, Donald Trump. And aren't the Republicans mad when that happens? I remember with John Ossoff, that was a big 
uh, when he ran against Karen Handel because he wasn't living in the district at the time, and that was a big thing. Well, politically, it's 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 a problem in terms of messaging for kind of at the congressional level, but in Georgia. Um, at the state level, at the state house and the state senate level, we have a really strict residency rule. And if you haven't lived in that district for a year prior to the um, election, you are not qualified um, to be a candidate and you cannot run. And so you get thrown off the ballot. So it's not even a question of, you know, is it really politically a good thing to live in the district or not? Um, this this really was a legal challenge that made sure that Vernon Jones was was no longer um, going to be a representative. Well, that's interesting. That's really interesting insight. Well, so they spoke. Um, so that was our Georgia representation. I know some of the other people that I mentioned were in the pre-roll of the show. Uh, if for anybody, you know, if, you know, three and a half hours weren't enough, you could watch hours and hours online. Uh, I just, you know, watch, did watch the highlights from following Greg Bluestein and some Stephen Fowler and some of the other political reporters in Georgia. Were there any moments that really stood out for you um, that were great? Um, in terms of great, I will say this, uh, there were a couple of like real people stories that were really effective in terms of storytelling. And so um, I'm a lawyer and I do a lot of trial work and really the way that that people learn and feel right, because really what you're trying to get them to do is to feel something. Um, and to feel connected and here to a, a political party, right? And to Donald Trump and kind of reelecting him. Um, and the way you do that is through really good storytelling. Um, so with respect to that, you know, they had a couple of people that told their stories that were incredibly compelling. I'm not sure what they had to do with the Trump administration or, or reelecting uh, Trump, but man, they were great stories. And with that, I have a new segment that we're going to try and do and see how it goes. But I would like to introduce you to our new segment called Sure Jan. Sure Jan. So what that means in our Sure Jan moment is kind of an eye roll situation where somebody says something and you're like, Sure Jan. And for me, it was Pam Bondi who got up there and spoke. And she's, uh, what is her official title? She was like, was she the insurance commissioner? I think she was the attorney general in Florida. Okay. So Pam Bondi was the attorney general in Florida and she got in a lot of trouble. I mean, her record is not adorable. Um, but when she talked about... Um, the nepotism. Right, because her job, it, it looked like, was to be kind of the person to go in for the for the attack on Hunter Biden. Right. And talk about nepotism and how awful it was. At the Democrats' convention, we were told to look at Joe Biden as the model of integrity. But when you look at his 47-year career in politics, the people who benefited are his family members, not the American people. Let's take a closer look. Right. So... That was a sure Jan moment. Now I'm thinking about this. That's more of a hypocrisy Jan. A sure Jan is more of an eye roll. Well, let's talk about the sure Jan part of it, which was as she was speaking, 
they bring up on um, the Chiron the the next speakers, and they're all Trumps. <laughs> and so that is the sure thing. Yeah, because you can't talk about nepotism, and nepotism is happening right there. We do want to give a heads up for some charities that we've been working on. And and this is only something I started on Twitter. I do want to talk a minute about paying it forward and doing some charity work. Uh, Senator Jen, you can follow her on Twitter at Senator Jen. You can follow me at Mira Davis. And I started this tweet thread that was inspired by Chrissy Teigen. And she had built this homeschool. And which I knew she was going to get a hard time for because obviously she's a celebrity and she's very wealthy and not everybody can afford to build like a school room in your home. But she turned it around and decided, hey, teachers, post your Amazon wish lists on this thread and I'll try to take care of as many people as I can. I loved this idea because it's easy. You're helping somebody. And so I put it on my Twitter and I got a bunch of them and I just started filling out the wish list. And then my friend Wendy reached out and said, oh, I want to do it too. And then it somehow, it has now gone viral. And so I have hundreds of Amazon wish lists that people or teachers have posted. And obviously I cannot buy everybody's wish list. So I've been encouraging people to go on there. And there's a website called Clear the Lists and you can help with that. Yeah, and I think right now, um, especially as we are still kind of in this weird quasi um, shutdown lockdown with respect to the virus, um, I think people are looking for a way to do something good. Um, this is this is just one thing that you can do to really help and support teachers right now because man, they need it. They definitely do. So please keep us posted. Send us your feedback. I mean, look, feedback, our very first feedback uh, message became an entire show topic. So ask us anything. And if you have legal questions for Jen, don't ask. (laughs) You can email us at voteherpodcast at gmail.com. And make sure uh, you check us out, subscribe, and listen to us every week. We have got all kinds of guests coming up on the show. We don't know who they are yet, but I am trying to book them. And if you would like to be with us on the show, let us know. You never know. I mean, you know, we're working. We're we're, we're a work in progress. We're trying to get this going, but your feedback really makes the show better. Absolutely. Make sure you give us a five-star review. Work with us. Subscribe. Check us out every week. We want to thank our executive producer, Christina Laringer. Thanks, Tina, for all your hard work. Original music is by Slang. And the album is called The Bellwether Project, courtesy of Terminus Records. We really appreciate it. We look forward to uh, hearing from y'all. Vote Her Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.